we're up on the way for another version of Zav Chat. It's our third last program of the first half of the year. It's been wonderful and another terrifically interesting guest today. I'll get Bill and Nick to introduce Monique Daly, our Director of Learning and Growth in a moment. But Bill, let's open up with a bit of classic Doherty gold. Have you got something for us? I do. Thanks, Shane. Uh, it was uh, a day uh, a week away from the campus for me last week, but that meant I got up to the Murray River where our Year 7s uh, have just finished uh, their second of two weeks uh, in two different groups, uh, paddling their way down the Murray from, uh, roughly speaking, Yarrawonga down to Cobramish yeah. uh, and a bend of the river. They had a wonderful time. Uh, it's a it's a picturesque, beautiful part of the world, and I was lucky enough to sort of get in and uh, be a part of that program. So it's great to see the boys in situ uh, and having just a great time together. And, uh, you know, there are good challenges along the way, but um, just beautiful, beautiful young lads. Uh, and the accompaniment of the staff as well. So uh, a really good week had from all. So that's my goal for the week. Oh, yeah, well, that would have been a great experience. Why don't I come back to you just to give us a bit of background of uh, Monique, our special guest today, and then we'll uh, get the ball rolling. Absolute pleasure. So today we're joined uh, by Monique Daly, our Director of Learning and Growth. Uh, Two years ago now, the college um, redesigned our learning leadership, and uh, we felt it was really important to have leadership of the central premise of learning right across the college. Uh, And so Monique handles everything from prep right through to year 12. And uh, I think there's a fair bit in the title as well. You know, learning is central to what we do, certainly as part of a Jesuit school. What about growth? Where did that come from? Yeah, look, we feel that was really important. Um, We're in a continuous um, uh, age and stage of um, improvement. And for us, it's how do we focus on data, and Monique's particularly strong in this field of data curiosity. How do we know that our performance is where we want it to be, where are our next steps of incremental improvement, et cetera. So Monique will be able to speak to a few other things that she's got in place through this uh, through this year and beyond. But Monique, uh, welcome. Great having you with us. Good morning. Morning, everyone. Hello. Open the batting, Nick. Sure thing, Heels. Um, so, super stoked to have you on, Miss Daly. Um, I guess... I'm I'm sort of interested in how you sort of became interested in teaching and became a teacher. Where did that sort of passion and love start for teaching that sort of led you to where you are today? It was a little bit serendipitous and it might not be the regular journey of a teacher where you leave school and you study teaching. I studied design first and I practised as a designer and I fell into teaching. I had a, a moment where a uni lecturer called on me to do some additional work and I worked with some first year students in a drawing class and I taught one class and walked myself back into the enrolment office and enrolled to become a teacher. And there are those, you know, sliding door divine moments in your life that that occur and that is uh, one of those in my life that just changed from there on in. I always had um, great moments at school where I was challenged by teachers, where I had lots of fun in what I learnt, but I never imagined being a teacher because my passion was always design. And I have, um, you know, those little things that you have, the those um, you know, cards you give your parents and those quotes that your parents say. And and I always, I want to be an artist when I grow up. I want to be a designer. That was what I always used to say. And um, now I teach design and I love being a learning designer. Um, and that's really, uh, it brings me lots of joy, but it 
I didn't get there in, in, the, in the way that many people do through a straight line pathway. Talking of serendipity, you've obviously walked into Xavier at just an incredible time, a, a redesign of our curriculum, and I'd love to sort of pull that apart in various ways with you this morning, but also just the design of a new building. Uh, so, you know, here we have the seven and eight building, Costco building coming to life uh, right in front of us. And uh, in comes Monique with some great special specialty in uh, the resource area that is a real signature of the building. So maybe Monique, talk to us a little bit about you know that element of the journey and how you've engaged in the design practice and principles. There's been some awesome design nerd moments in <laughs> the Costco building process. Um, uh, odd fact is that when I studied at university, I had two uh, materials that I specialised in, in materials engineering, and they were concrete and timber. And they are two core uh, materials that are part of the building. And I've just, again, had some real design nerd moments when we've discussed the materials and the construction of the building. Um, and when we're going into the interiors and how the classrooms and spaces look, uh, we've got some projects at the school that we can um, respond to because we've had um, some great evaluation and reflection moments from the uh, prototype classrooms. And we did some fabulous studies and surveys of students um, about, you know, how our chairs, what type of chairs we should use, uh, how much space should be at every desk um, to be comfortable and ergonomic for students. What is the perfect position of a data projector and also a whiteboard? And we've used a triangulation theory, which is used in kitchen design. Um, so anyone yeah. listening that's designed mm. a kitchen would understand that um, and students sitting in the room, when you're sitting in that Costco classroom, you'll be able to have perfect view of those key points in the room because they have been so well designed. It's a fantastic triangulation theory. I'm off in JFK's assassination somewhere, but uh, you've brought it to life in the classroom practice. There are other great elements, though, Monique. One of the fondest, um, probably two moments for me over this term has been um, in the Great Hall and over the Garnet Hall where the design competition for the fabric of chairs was advanced to the students. And, you know, it mightn't be something that you naturally think captures the the attention of 9 to 12. I can tell you they were absolutely absorbed in it. Uh, and it was a great signal, I think, of student engagement and student voice and that desire to learn from them. So maybe tell us a bit more you know, about the chairs and the lockers as well. I think it's mm -hmm. been two elements. I always try and find ways of drawing in community voice and trying to uh, infer the user, user-centred design, uh, into what we use in spaces and products every day. And a chair is an exceptional, uh, you know, you're in contact with it all the time um, and so it needs to be comfortable. But how can we use that as a learning process for students and how can we obtain student voice in how every chair is actually bought and looks and how that uh, even just, you know, the seat padding and what fabric is used. So we had the option to have uh, a highlight chair in some of the waiting areas and some of the meeting rooms in the Costco building. And it is a special chair. It looks slightly different to the classroom option. It has a padded seat. Well, what are we going to put on it? What are we going to wrap around it? And I just thought, well, why doesn't, why don't we put a student design on there? And if we did that, how would that look? And so digital printing fa on fabric is a common 
common process that we do in Australia and making a mark and having that wrapped around a product is a significant act for a student to see their work in draft and then go into final product. We were overwhelmed with design responses and we do have a winner, but I can't <laughs> tell you who that is. So I'm going to leave that hanging here and maybe that's my signal to get a, a an episode too. <laughs> We're talking today on ZabChat to Monique Daly. She's the Director of Learning and Growth here at uh, Xavier College in her second year and certainly having an impact. I'm not close to the curriculum side, Monique, in my role, but what I do hear a lot of is the Burke Hall crew talking about yourself and tenure of it and quite an overview of the whole Burke Hall learning. Uh, Can you give us a little picture of that? Because it does seem to be a big talking point and pretty exciting. I'm so glad you're referencing Burke Hall first because we can get into a little bit of a trap of of looking at the end point of students leaving school and seeing that we should be always backwards mapping, but also we should be referencing our students, how they arrive to us, what their needs are, and looking at that into our curriculum. And so we are, we've reviewed and renewed our curriculum. Uh, we've got great traditions at the school and some excellent expertise of staff. And with all of those things combined, we're creating and developing new courses, new programs, uh, new sequences of learning in P to 6 and really firming up so that when we shift into a P to 6 and a 7 to 8 school, we have these great journeys of learning for students. That continuum is really firm and we can see pathways for students in literacy, maths, in technologies, in science, progression of skills uh, and lots of ways for them to be engaged and connected in what we teach and how we teach it. Mm, Thanks. Well said, Monique, and um, we're keen to um, maybe unpack other elements of the curriculum journey that Monique and her team have been designing, but um, you stimulated one thought here, Monique, and that's the expertise of our teaching staff, and we're proud of them, but in particular, it's a challenging time for teachers. You know, the the lot of a teacher has changed quite markedly over the past decade. Uh, There are new pressures that have emerged. Technology is a wonderful thing, but it's asked more of them. And the profession as a whole, you know, we, we hear many a media report of the uh, the absence of teaching um, numbers to fill really critical holes. So maybe just your take on the teaching profession, where we're at, where we think we need to go. Teaching is the same, but it's also different to when we all first started teaching. Students and their what they need in the classroom is also the same and different at the same time. Our teaching profession in media and community view has shifted over time and that plays a big part in people wanting to be and leaping into teaching. For anyone listening, do you want to be a teacher? We've got, uh, I work in the great, the best profession and I am the happiest going to my job every day. Uh, I think people need to hear that students bring joy and life to my job and our jobs, and that's a real great part of teaching. But if you look to some of our growth areas as a school, we've got growth areas in geography, growth areas in technologies and innovation. They're two areas that our our tertiary partners don't train for specifically in Victoria anymore. And that's a sign of lack of expertise, uh, limits in resources, and uh, that's an overflow of it just changes in the in the profession 
And, you know, when students are looking at what pathways they're wanting to leave in school, uh, is teaching considered as a pathway or a viable pathway? I know lots of uh, old Zavs and and ex-students return to Xavier to teach. And I think that's beautiful because we have a community that not only uh, grows students, we grow teachers and that's a lovely place to work. Um, Miss Daly, I'm sort of interested in, in 50 years, what is like the landscape of teaching at a school going to look like? Because I feel like 50 years ago from today, from today, um, you know, there would have been no technology, um, it would have been vastly different. So I don't know, what's your prediction in another 50 years? What do you reckon teaching in a school is going to be like? The trajectory that we've gone on in technology is insane. In my first year of teaching, I was using overhead projectors and then soon thereafter I got given a box and it was a laptop (laughs) and I no longer had to do my reports by, you know, a hard copy. Um, I was able to enter them into a a, a system to do reports. Um, Now, uh, is anyone using ChatGTP to write their reports? Uh, I use it to write my lesson plans and to do a purposeful resource research and I always use it as a resource to you know to start to get my brain going so I think that if we didn't think that AI would change the scape of teaching we're crazy AI is absolutely going to change the scape of teaching because it's changing how you learn and uh, as a school we've made it open for students to use and we're trying to teach students and teachers how to use it effectively so if we can harness technologies in ways that makes our work efficient um, and we can use it in ways that enhances learning then we should be jumping on that bandwagon and we should leaping in and doing it we should also be looking at ways that or or how and what careers you're going to be travelling to and how we can bring that into our teaching. Um, So what will teaching look like in 50 years? I believe there'll still be a teacher doing it because the human connection that you have in the classroom is uh, important and it's core to relationships and the learning foundations of teaching, but the resources and the products and the processes that we use will be completely different. What a great answer to a great question. That was amazing. And it's nice to even, Nick, I think there's going to be a whole episode that we're keen to do fairly soon around AI and technology. Uh, We've had some really strong inputs. Uh, We're keen to embrace it and to really develop our own sense of um, Xavier and AI. And I won't say too much more because there's a few really interesting things on a drawing board already. Um, But as Monique said, you know, it's how we embrace these things, not shy away from them. And I think it's almost a state of mind. Talking of state of mind, and maybe it's our last question for today, um, I'm conscious that on the senior campus, uh, many and sevens and eights have just um, done an examination period and it's a testing time, et cetera. And there's a lot of sort of pressures and nerves and other things that come. But, you know, we often speak about metacognition and the learning about the learning process and what comes out the other side of it. So we're heading off into subject selections and we're post exam. So Monique, just a few thoughts from you about, you know, the the process of learning and how we're trying to build uh, a constructive outcome for our students. What we do with feedback is so important. And the feedback cycle that comes after exams is that magic moment where you can actually turn the feedback into the next step of growth or the next step of change or even affirmation for that little bit of study that you might have crammed in. There was this joyous moment where I walked along D level and all the classrooms were open and students had whiteboard markers and they were, you know, had study groups going. And I don't know who organised that, but it was, that was a magic moment. And I hope that students see that exam pressure is 
a healthy part of a learning cycle. It also can be really affirming for them to show what they've gained in their learning and show them what their next step will be. Uh, And, you know, year eight have a couple of exams, year nine have many more, year 10 have more even still, year 11, year 12, you've got heaps. So that progression of, of, of pressure in exams is is natural in a school. And what I've loved, Shane and Nick, right throughout Monique's uh, chat with us today, the word growth has just kept bubbling out. Uh, And it's not about a title, it's about the things that we do uh, and our curiosity around this great enterprise of learning, which is core to our existence along obviously with our Ignatian heritage. So um, Monique, it's been wonderful having you with us today as uh, our new Director of Learning and Growth and making an enormous impact both yourself, but also the team that you're leading. And it's really exciting stage for, for Xavier. Yeah, and we often talk about uh, a team and, uh, you know, we've got a real piece of gold here in Monique and uh, anyone listening today would have to walk away with, uh, with that understanding. It's been fantastic, Monique. Nick, time to go around the grounds. Let's do it, Heels. Um, tomorrow, Thursday, we've got a few special events happening. Um, after school, um, the first 18 are playing Assumption College's first 18 for the Father Cannon Cup. Um, so that's an annual game that gets played and that'll be good fun under the lights um, on the Roach Oval. So that'll be spectacular. And then uh, tomorrow evening is the Xavier College Social Justice Network dinner as well at Kuyong. Um, so that should be a great event um, that I'm sure lots of people are looking forward to. Um, and then last week as well, um, we had a environment sort of event. Uh, we had a million dollar hot seat environment version. Um, it was very entertaining uh, in the Montague Theatre. Got a good crowd down. So that was um, that was awesome. And on Monday, we also celebrated World Environment Day. Um, so plenty happening. Um, and the year 9s to 11s also just did their exa- exams, as we were saying. So they've been hitting the books hard, which is good to see. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been a, an action-packed uh, Zav chat. And Bill, I think it was going to have to be a part two with Monique because we didn't really even get onto the senior school uh, curriculum, did we? Couldn't agree more, Shane. So that'll be a pleasure to bring it back. Second half of the year, we'll do that. Monique, again, thank you. It was uh, wonderful. And uh, folks, find us on Spotify. And we'd love to have you as our guests again in seven days' time on Zavchat.